Welcome to Bell Interrupted. Are you out of your damn mind? You get to drink from the fire hole! This is an embarrassment, a disgrace! What? What's the matter, kid? You got wax in your ears? Don't do it! You got Tammy and Parker! <laughs> Hello and welcome to Phil Interrupted. This is the show where I get to do whatever I want while dealing with the constant antics of Smash. We can review movies, video games, and who knows what else. Episodes can be spooky, too oddly informative to downright stupid. I am your host, Phil Allen, and I do welcome you to the show. Before we get started with today's topic for the podcast, which is John Titor, I'd like to take a moment here and sort of celebrate the fact that this is the 125th episode of Phil Interrupted. Uh, It's been a long, winding road to get to this point, so it's kind of a fun milestone to at least acknowledge. So I want to thank all the guests and uh, anybody that's been a part of this. So thanks, guys, for getting me here to episode 125. And just a quick note, we are still in the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic, epidemic, whatever you want to call it, and uh, it's month two of being in lockdown. Now, some stores are still open. I mean... My life hasn't changed entirely too much, but a lot of people it has, and uh, we're still in lockdown. You can't go to regular stores and all that, so if you guys are still out there dealing with that, I feel you, and uh, I think it's going to probably pass soon. Who knows if it'll come back, not to be pessimistic or anything, but we're going to be in this for the long haul, so, you know, again, if you're listening to this during coronavirus, you know, we'll make it. If we've already made it and this is years on, then, well... It's just a footnote in history, huh? How about that? This is recorded during the height of the coronavirus. But let's get to the topic at hand. This is a podcast I've been thinking about doing for so long. This is a topic that I regularly come back and do searches for online. We're going to talk about a a guy named John Titor. Now, some people say it's John Titor, John Titor, which is kind of funny. I don't know how you say his name. I'll probably be switching back and forth between Titor and Teeter. I don't know. It's T-I-T-O-R. I don't know which pronunciation's right, because I don't even know if this guy is real. Whoa! All right, well, we're going to get into it. John Titor, he is basically one of the more famous time travelers in recent memory. It was uh, in 1998, he made his first appearance, and we'll, we'll get into all this. And then in late 2000, into early 2001, he made a series of posts on uh, various forums and chat room type things like that. And we'll get into those as well. I'm actually going to read a lot of his posts later, because I think the best way to learn about this uh, John Titor, Teeter, is to actually hear his words. So we will get into that in a little bit. But many people think that it's actually a hoax. So I guess we'll kind of we'll we'll dive into it, and I'll let you make your own assertion as to what you believe is the truth in this case. Now, like I said, I've been thinking about doing this show for a long time. This is a case I've read about. I've heard to be heard about this. Seen this? You heard about this, Kevin? I've heard about it for a long time, and I've seen different documentaries and stuff on it as well. So I mean, this has been covered by a lot of people. This is nothing uh, nothing new. However, I've always found it super interesting, and I, you know, I wanted to sort of have my own spin and take on it. So we'll get into it, you know? I guess that's uh, that's all there is to it. We will now begin John Titor Podcast.
So this homeboy, John Tatour, said he was a time traveler. And uh, he claimed to be an American soldier from the year 2036. He was based in Tampa, Florida. He was assigned to a government time travel project, which sent him back to 1975 to retrieve an IBM 5100 computer, which he said that he needed to debug various legacy computer problems in 2038. So that's a reference to the Unix Air, which is, like, I think, sort of like a Y2K kind of thing, like similar in nature that's going to happen to the Unix system in 2038. Now, the IBM 5100 runs on an APL and basic uh, programming languages, and John Titor said that he was selected for this mission specifically, given that his paternal grandfather was directly involved in the assembly and programming of the 5100. Now, in support of this, he described unpublicized features of the 5100 leading to assumptions that a computer scientist was behind the postings, unless he was telling the truth, of course. Titor claimed to be on a stopover in the year 2000 for personal reasons, to collect pictures uh, lost in the future Civil War and visit his family, which he often spoke of. John makes a series of predictions and observations. Most of these have not come true. However, the future could have changed. And I have painstakingly read over every single John Teeter post in an effort to find what I deem to be the most interesting and useful posts. Rather than give a broad overview, as I was just doing, I would like to read many of his posts. I felt that it was important for you to hear the actual words of this man, supposedly from the future. And he only did these posts online for a little over four months, which is pretty surprising, from November to March. So that's actually five months. And he did a lot of posts, and he answered people's questions. He even posted pictures of his time machine. They're very grainy. They're hard to see. He even has like a diagram that's pointing out what some stuff is. And he even has like his military emblem from the future. So it's like someone, whether this was a hoax or he really was a time traveler, somebody put in some time and effort to put this together. I, I don't know if I necessarily believe the time machine pictures. They're, they look really simple. I mean, they, it's a machine, but it still seems simplistic for what I would imagine a time machine would be like. But I'm no physicist or anything like that. I don't know how this stuff works. But let's get to the heart of the story. John Titor, which wasn't even going by this name at first, appeared in 1998 in July. And it was on the Coast to Coast AM show with Art Bell. Many of you guys listening may be familiar with Art Bell and that show because it was kind of is a radio program syndicated and whatnot. Very popular. Talks about a lot of phenomena, UFOs, Bigfoot. Um, time travelers, whatever it may be. It was just a really fun kind of out there show. And Art Bell always gave people a time of day and really would listen to him instead of just, you know, oh, you're a liar, hang up on people. He would, even if they were bullshitting him, he would just listen in and have fun with it and explore. A lot of people, he had a really, really passionate fan base. So anyway, he's doing a show about time travelers in 1998. And he gets a fax from somebody claiming to be from the year 2038. So he reads it uh, live on the show. And again, this person is not going by John Titor yet. This person first appeared in 1998 and then disappeared and came back in uh, late 2000. So it was a little interesting gap here. But I will read the first fax that Art Bell got. And again, this was in 1998. Dear Art, 
I had to fax when I heard the other time travelers calling in from any time past the year 2500 AD. Please let me explain. Time travel was invented in 2034. Offshoots of certain successful fusion reactor research allowed scientists at CERN to produce the world's first contained singular engine. The basic design involves rotating singularities inside of a magnetic field. By altering the speed and direction of rotation, you can travel both forward and backward in time. Time itself can be understood in terms of connecting lines. When you go back in time, you travel on your original timeline. When you turn the singularity engine off, a new timeline is created due to the fact that you and your time machine are now there. Some interesting outcomes are this. 1. You will meet yourself. I have done it often, even taken a younger version of myself along for a few rides before returning myself to the new timeline and going back to mine. And number 2. You can alter history in the new universe that you have just created. Most of the time the changes are subtle. Sometimes I'll notice car models that don't exist or books that haven't come out. Unfortunately, it was also discovered that anyone going forward in time from my 2036 hit a brick wall in the year 2564. Please pray that we discover the reason why there is apparently no future after 2564. He's saying a lot of, a lot of stuff going on there. Explaining a little bit about the machine, which I will go into a little bit more. I have some more detail about that in a later post. And this is his second fax that he sent to Coast to Coast AM. Dear Mr. Bell, I'm glad you're back. I faxed this information to you the day before you left the air. I wanted to make sure it wasn't lost in the shuffle, so I am sending a gift. As I said, I am a time traveler. I have been on this world line since April of this year, and I plan to leave soon. Typically, time travelers do not purposely affect the world lines they visit. However, this mission is unusually long, and I've grown attached to some of the people I have met here. So that was it in terms of the faxes being sent. And Art Bell would talk a lot about it on the show, and it became something of a kind of a fun genre topic, this John Titor uh, faxes that he had sent in. So then he disappears, and he goes silent for two years or so and a screen name reappears on a variety of message boards uh, the first one beginning on the forum at the Time Travel Institute Ugh. and the name was Time Traveler underscore zero okay so that's how it started and the first post this person did is greetings I am a time traveler from the year 2036 Ooh, that sounds familiar to Art Bell's faxer guy I am on my way home after getting an IBM 5100 computer system from the year 1975. My time machine is a stationary mass temporal displacement unit manufactured by General Electric. The unit is powered by two top-spin dual-positive singularities that produce a standard offset Tipler sinusoid. What? I will be happy to post pictures of the unit. Well, it looks like our boy has resurfaced. Again, the time-traveling machine. Let's just go into it a little bit more here. Uh, another post says that there were two magnetic housing units for a dual micro-singularity, an electron injection manifold to alter mass and gravity into the micro-singularities, a cooling and x-raying venting system, 
gravity sensors or a variable gravity lock, and four main sensium clocks along with three main computer units. I have no idea if that stuff right there is useful for making a time machine. Like I said, I, I don't, I'm not a scientist. I don't understand this stuff. Now, according to Post, the device was installed in the rear of a 1967 Chevrolet Corvette convertible and later mentioned that he used a 1987 truck having very good four-wheel drive and good suspension. So, I don't know. I mean, it sounds a little back to the future-ish, does it not? It's in the back of a car. I'm even more amazed that it's a convertible. You would think a time-traveling machine, well, you want to have that hard top, right? But, uh... It says here, use the convertible. A little suspicious, again, that it's in a car. Sounds like it's something from a movie. But hey, who am I to say what a time machine... And you know how big it is and what you really need for it. I would assume it's like going through space or something. We need to have, like, heat reflectors and, you know, like, rocket thrusters and stuff. But I guess it's not like that. I guess it's a completely different sort of uh, technology, which I clearly don't understand. So maybe it is in a car. Who knows? So he does these posts for a while, and then he starts to go by the name John Titor. He finally reveals his name. So here are his posts. This one is starting in November 2000. This is uh, this one starts on November 2nd, 2000. I was just about to give up hope on anyone knowing who Tipler Kerr was on this world line. The basics for time travel start at CERN in about a year and end in 2034 with the first time machine built by GE. Too bad we can't post pictures or I'd show you. However, he does end up posting pictures. He says, is there a site where I don't need to register personal information to post pictures? So like normally, especially back on those old forums, you would have to have a essentially a screen name and you would have to have sometimes a little image next to it. So he was like, do I have to do that? You know, because he's a time traveler. He doesn't want to give his secrets away. Uh, but he does. And he begins to answer various people's questions. People respond to him like, you're a time traveler? Like, All right, well, fine. And I actually, every one of these posts is in order, so they don't necessarily make sense. Some of them may repeat a little bit or seem out of place. But it's just the the order that people asked him questions and he responded to things. Now, I did not want to mix it up. I felt we should just keep it in order. I did pick out my favorite posts. Some of them were very redundant. Some of them were not interesting at all. I think there were, I don't remember, like 100, 200 something posts at least. So I just decided to pick out what I thought were some of the most interesting questions slash answers. So let's jump into it here. Question. What does traveling in time look like? His answer is, The unit has a ramp-up time after the destination coordinates are fed into the computers. An audible alarm and a small light start a short countdown, at which point you should be secured in a seat. The gravity field created by the unit overtakes you very quickly. You feel a tug toward the unit similar to rising quickly in an elevator, and it continues to rise based on the power setting the unit is working under. At 100% power, the constant pull of gravity can be as high as 2 Gs, or more, depending on how close you are to the unit. There are no serious side effects, but I try to avoid eating before a flight. There are no bright flashes of light seen. Outside, the vehicle appears to accelerate as the light is bent around it. We have to wear sunglasses or close our eyes, as this happens due to a short burst of ultraviolet radiation. Personally, I think it looks like you're driving under a rainbow. 
After that, it appears to fade to black and remains totally black until the unit is turned off. We are advised to keep the windows closed as a great deal of heat builds up outside the car. Ah, oh, that's like what I thought, the, the heat deflectors. The gravity field also traps a small air pocket around the car that acts as your only O2 supply, unless you bring compressed air with you. This pocket will only last for a short period, and a carbon sensor tells us when it's too dangerous. The C204 unit is accurate from 20 to 60 years a jump and travels at about 10 years per hour at 100% power. You do hear a slight hum as the unit operates and when the power changes or the unit turns off. There is a great deal of electric crackling noise from the static electricity. It's quite an interesting detailed answer. I like how you can only go about 10 to 60 years a jump. I mean, that kind of, uh, yes, time travel sounds pretty fantastic and un otherworldly and impossible at times, but I like how he kind of says, you know, I can only go 50 to 60 years per jump. So he's kind of keeping it in check. He's not like, I went back and saw Christ and this and that, like ridiculous stuff. So maybe trying to keep it a little more realistic here. Question. If you met yourself on another world line, what would happen? Answer. It has always surprised me why the concept is so hard for people to imagine and accept. Nothing would happen. The universe would not end, and there is no paradox problems that threaten existence. Temporal space-time is made up of every possible quantum state. The Everett Wheeler model is correct. I have met and or seen myself twice on different world lines. The first was a training mission, and the second is now. I thought he said earlier in that fax message to Art Bell that he's hung out with himself many times on the time machine, so maybe a slight discrepancy there. And you know, with that actually, it's possible that somebody could have sent those faxes and then an entirely different person started doing these message boards. I don't know, it's just food for thought, could be. Anyway, John Tator continues, I was born in 1998, so the other me is two on this world line. There is a saying where I come from, every possible thing that can happen or will happen has already happened somewhere. Question, how is this world line different from yours? Answer, for starters, the fact that I'm here makes it different. I've also noticed little things like news events that happen at different times, football games won by other teams and things like that. I would guess the temporal divergence between this world line and my original is about one or two percent. Of course, the longer I'm here, the larger that divergence becomes from my point of view. Question. What are your memories of 2036? Answer. I remember 2036 very clearly. It is difficult to describe 2036 in detail without spending a great deal of time explaining why things are so different. In 2036, I live in Central Florida with my family, and I'm currently stationed at an army base in Tampa. A world war in 2015 killed nearly 3 billion people. The people that survived grew closer together. Life is centered on family and then on community. I cannot imagine living even a few hundred miles away from my parents. There are no large industrial complexes creating masses of useless food and recreational items. Food and livestock is grown and sold locally. People spend much more time reading and talking together face-to-face. -to -face. What? You can't do that in coronavirus. Six feet apart, people. Social distancing. 
is not a thing of the future, I suppose. Religion is taken seriously, and everyone can multiply and divide in their heads. What are, you, are they saying we're stupid? We need calculators? I do need a calculator to multiply and divide. Question. Do people know where you are? Can you communicate with your home? Answer. No, they do not know where I am, and I cannot communicate with them. Interesting idea, though. From their point of view, I will return almost exactly at the same moment I left. From their viewpoint, I will only have aged more than expected. Question. Are there any physical effects from the machine? Answer. The only real physical trace is a large chunk of ground missing from the point of origin and a large pile of dirt at the destination. The gravity field surrounds a small portion of the earth under you and takes it along for the ride. There is really no way around this. Question. Is there any bad news for the future? Whew, there is some serious bad news coming up for you. I'll tell you that. <sighs> Answer. There is a civil war in the United States that starts in 2005. That's funny. I don't remember that happening. Do you guys? Hmm. Again, this could be a different world line. Things could have changed, right? Anyway, he continues. That conflict flares up and down for 10 years. And in 2015, Russia launches a nuclear strike against the major cities in the United States. Now, actually, I'm going to stop for a second. With the way that our Republicans and Democrats, this partisan stuff is going on in our country, man, you could kind of see the potential for a civil war at some point in the future. I've never thought that in my entire life, and I do believe that the chances are very small. But considering how divided the different ideologies are in our country for politics and whatnot, it wouldn't be all that surprising if possibly at some point in the future there is some sort of a civil war or certain parts of the United States decide to succeed or secede, whatever the word is, and uh, branch off and do try to do their own thing. So who knows? Maybe this isn't as ludicrous as it sounds, but no civil war started in 2005, and last time I checked, there wasn't a nuclear attack on us in 2015 by Russia. I think I would have remembered that. The United States counterattacks. The U.S. cities are destroyed along with the AFE, which is the American Federal Empire. Ooh, that sounds pretty like something from Star Wars. Empire. Uh, anyway, the United States wins, and the European Union and China are destroyed. Oh, uh -huh. so sad. Russia is now our largest trading partner, and the capital of the United States is moved to Omaha, Nebraska. Say what? The Constitution changed after the war. We have five presidents that are voted in and out on different time periods. The vice president is the president of the Senate, and they are voted in separately. Five presidents... They'll never agree on nothing. Question. Are aliens real? Answer. No new information here on UFOs or aliens. I find that an interesting subject myself. Personally, I think UFOs might be time travelers with very sophisticated distortion units. But that might be a bit wacky. Question. In your world line, are there things like Sasquatch, Loch Ness Monster, and other reported unusual animals? Answer. We have our swamp monsters too. In fact, I think it's interesting that we all respond to the unknown in the same way, regardless of our cultural experiences. Question. Can you explain what the purpose of time travel is on your world line? Answer. 
In 2036, a great deal of effort is going into repairing our environment. I was sent to 1975 to get a computer system and take it back to 2036. Time travel is not a secret in 2036, and I expect it will become more common. Question. Why is time travel used? Answer. Right now, it is used to get information or items that could be useful in getting past a post-World War III and getting the world back to normal. There are seven other time travelers in my unit. Question. What period of time do time travelers go to the most? Answer. Right now, our most practical missions are from the 1960s to 1980s. There is a great deal of research into later and future periods, but the farther you go, the lower the divergence confidence of the world line is. Question. You said there is more than one time machine. Are they all being used? Answer. Yes. Question. What type of vehicle will you get to go back in since you sold the other car? <laughs> he sold the other car? That's great. I hope he took out the time machine. Uh, answer. The new car is a 1987 four-wheel drive. The vehicle needs a strong suspension system to handle the weight of the distortion unit. Oops, there you go. Alright, so some things here are a bit redundant, but bear with me. This one goes over again about the IBM situation, which I think he addresses again later, but let's check in here. So, question. Why did you go to 1975? Answer. The first leg of my trip was from 2036 to 1975. After two VGL checks, the divergence was estimated at about 2.5%. I was sent to get an IBM computer system called the 5100. It was one of the first portable computers made, and it has the ability to read the older IBM programming languages, in addition to APL and BASIC. We need the system to debug various legacy computer programs in 2036. Unix has a problem in 2038. On my world line, it is known that the 5100 series is capable of reading all the IBM code written before the widespread use of APL and BASIC. Unfortunately, there are none left that anyone can find on my world line. This is the reason we need it in 2036. However, IBM never published that information because it would have probably destroyed a large part of their business infrastructure in the early 1970s. In fact, I would bet that the engineers were probably told to keep their mouths shut. Therefore, if I were not here now telling you this, that information would not be discovered for another 36 years. Again, this message is in 2000. Yet, I would bet there is someone out there who can do the research and discover that I am telling the truth. There must be an old IBM engineer out there, someplace, that worked on the 5100. They just might not have ever asked if I hadn't pointed it out. Now, that is actually true from what I've read is the 5100 computer was capable of doing a lot of other stuff that other computers weren't, and they didn't really release any of that information. They kept it on the DL, because apparently it would have been, I don't know, a ton of information and messed with their business structure, so they kept it a secret. So it was kind of like a little uh, secret su supercomputer to some degree. Um, so yeah, that part's true, and not a lot of people knew that. That's pretty rare knowledge maybe not so much now but at least for the time uh people didn't really know that so it's kind of an interesting tidbit that this person is pointing out question is there anything we can do to prepare for the war that you are describing answer i tried to consolidate your questions into a basic list i hope this helps 
1. Do not eat or use products from any animal that is fed and eats parts of its own dead. Number 2. Do not kiss or have intimate relations with anyone you do not know. Number 3. Learn basic sanitation and water purification. Number 4. Be comfortable around firearms. Learn to shoot, clean a gun. Number 5. Get a good first aid kit and learn how to use it. Number 6. Find five people within 100 miles that you trust with your life and stay in contact with them. Number 7. Get a copy of the U.S. Constitution and read it. Number 8. Eat less. You fat ass. Number 9. Get a bicycle and two sets of spare tires. Ride it 10 miles a week. Number 10. Consider what you would bring with you if you had to leave your house in 10 minutes and never return. Like I said, these questions kind of do go all over the place. Question. Has cancer or AIDS been cured yet? Answer. AIDS, no. Cancer, some progress. Question. Does the continuing conflict between the Arabs and Jews have anything to do with the upcoming war? Answer. Yes. Question. What type of money do you use in 2036? Answer. It's not very different than it is now. Yes, we have money and credit cards. However, like everything else, the monetary system is decentralized. Banking is based mostly around the community structure. There are no multinational banking or computerized economic systems. There is also no income taxes. Oh, sweet. I want to go to 2036. Question. How long have you been on our world line? Answer. I must keep that to myself right now. I love that suspicious answer. Question. If this world line is a 2% divergent from your world line, then how do you get home? If you go forward from here to 2036, won't the divergence approach infinity? Answer. Yes, this is true. If I go forward on this world line, the future will not be my future. I get home by going back to 1975 before I arrived and then going forward to 2036. A few people have asked me about this statement, so I will try to clarify it. This is one of my favorite parts of his answers. It really feels like, have you ever seen the movie Primer? I know on the Breaking Bad a Check podcast, Derek and I reviewed the movie Primer, but it's like any like time machine, like well-made time machine movie. You have to like figure out all the different like world like world timelines that you're on and make sure they're all in order or maybe like inception is kind of like this too with the different dream levels that they go into you got to keep everything organized so this is kind of cool i like this answer here check this out on my world line let's call it a in 2036 i was given a mission in 1975 i turned my machine on and jumped to the other world line let's call it b in 1975 with a 2% divergence from A. From the very point I turn my machine off on B, I create a new world line just because I'm there. This line can be described as C and started when I got to B. I am now doing my mission on line C in 1975 when I discover a very good reason to go forward on C and see what happens. Well, and C and C. I turn my machine on and I go forward on C to the year 2000. When I turned it off, 
I start another line called D. So from my perspective, here we are on line D in the year 2000. In order to go home to line A, I must turn my machine on and go back to D until I reach C, which in turn would take me back to B, which in turn takes me to the point before I arrived on B, and then I go forward from the point I arrive on B back to A. So your deductions are quite accurate. It's possible to go forward to your 2036, but it would look nothing like mine. See, so that's the different things that could happen. There could be a world war here. There could be a nuclear attack here and not there. So I guess that's kind of a free-for-all for fixing the, his predictions. Question. When are you leaving to go home? Answer. There are certain windows I must wait for in order to leave. There will be two this year. The first one opens this spring. Now keep that in mind because, spoiler alert, he disappears in the spring. Question. Is it possible for you to return to this timeline once you leave? Answer. Not with the machine I have now. Question. What sort of future do you imagine after 2036? Will we colonize the solar system? Answer. Keep in mind that not all humans were destroyed, but we were all affected. There is an effort going into colonizing space because it is believed that the problems of overpopulation were the large cause for the war. Personally, my generation sees itself as having a duty to try and repair the mess that our fathers handed to us. When we were young, most of us had a small taste of the world that you live in now, and our only dream is to clean it up and give it back to those that are still able to have children. Question. Can you give us some personal stories of your past? This is a pretty long answer. Answer. I was born in 1998, so I do share some childhood memories with all of you. I remember going to Disney World at Christmas, and I remember going to the beach in Daytona. When the civil conflict started and got worse, people generally decided to either stay in the cities and lose most of their civil rights under the guise of security, or leave the cities for more isolated and rural areas. Our home was searched once, and the neighbor across the street was arrested for some unknown reason. That convinced my father to leave the city. From the age of 8 to 12, we moved away from the cities and spent most of our time in a farm community with other families avoiding conflict with the federal police and National Guard. By that time, it was pretty clear that we were not going back to what we had and the division between the cities and the country was well defined. My father made a living by putting together 12-volt electrical systems and sailing commodities up and down the coast of Florida. I spent most of my time helping him. Outright open fighting was common back then, and I joined a shotgun infantry unit in 2011. I served with the Fighting Diamondbacks for about four years. The Civil War ended in 2015 when Russia attacked the United States cities, China, and Europe. As unusual and bad as my childhood might seem, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Question. How did the continent of Africa do after the wars? Answer. Africa is not a pleasant place to be in 2036, although I would characterize it as recovering. Question. What about Canada? Answer. I've noticed that when most Americans think about Canada this time, they think about pine trees, chooks, and back bacon. I'm not sure what chooks are, 
order back bacon. Titor says, It might interest you to know that most Canadians in 2036 are some of the most efficient, ruthless, and dangerous people I know. God help Quebec. <laughs> so the Canadians, it appears, become pretty badass cutthroat motherfuckers. Question. Have you ever been on any other time-traveling missions? Answer. Yes, but they were all training missions. There is a great deal of psychological profiling and testing, and one of the training missions involved choosing a time in your life where you wish you had done something different and then going back to convince yourself to do it. The idea is to become familiar with the possibility of meeting yourself, which can be rather difficult. It is quite odd to look at yourself and have a conversation, since any you on another world line would not be a mirror image you would get a slightly distorted feeling of seeing yourself, let alone the concept of speaking to yourself. Question, what are you taking back with you? Answer, a lot of hard drives filled with books, archived websites, pictures, and audio files. I am also taking back family items that were lost in the war. Question, I find it hard to believe that a software tweak done to a 1975 machine would be enough to justify time travel? Answer. Ah, uh, yes. Something we have in common. I felt that way too. However, my job was to go and get it and not debate why they wanted it. I am not a computer expert. Question. A great deal of computer infrastructure you depend on is based on very old systems and code? Answer. One of the reasons I was sent to 1975 was because there is a person I met there, not just the technology. And this is his very last post, which was in, uh, I forget when, sometime in March. So again, he said he might leave in spring, and he indeed, his last post is in March. So how about them apples? I, I really like this last post. I think it's, it's pretty awesome, his ending. Here it is. I do not have a secret agenda but I have been paying a great deal of attention to your world line. My interaction with you was not a direct mission parameter, but it was a secondary mission protocol based on standing orders given to all temporal drivers. The secondary objective is basically to gather as much information about a world line based on a set of observable variables when we first arrive. Your world line has met those conditions. What amazes me is why no one here ever wonders why Y2K didn't hit them at all. Bring a gas can with you when the car dies on the side of the road. Farewell. Hell of an exit, mic drop. John Tator is out of the house. I love this. Bring a gas can with you when the car dies on the side of the road. What words of wisdom as he checks out and goes back to 2036. Well, actually, I guess you go back to 1975 first, and then from 1975 back to 2036, I think. There was also a great deal of posts, people saying, you know, I don't believe you, you're a liar, stuff like that. And he wrote back to those two, like, you know, I don't necessarily expect you to believe me. Um, I'm not here to make you believe me. I'm just here to communicate and get information and stuff like that so he addresses the issue he never hides it i just didn't 
pull any of those posts out to uh, to read. So I think one of the things that people like to jump on John Teeter about is his predictions. They say 2005, hmm, I don't remember that civil war in the U.S. 2015, again, Russia attacks us. That, that did not happen. He also has some other predictions here that I didn't include in those posts, but let's go over them uh, briefly here. He predicted that the mad cow disease would become a worldwide epidemic. Um, obviously, we know that that did some damage, but I wouldn't call that an epidemic. Uh, he also says that the Olympics will stop after the year 2004. And I would presume that's because of um, the Civil War in the U.S. and then the large world war that breaks out. Uh, but that's obviously not come true. We still have the Olympics. This year, the Olympics in Japan are being postponed, but that's because of, again, the coronavirus outbreak, so that's a little different. One that he does say that is pretty damn accurate, actually, is he talks about the... Here, I'll read this for you. In one of his predictions, he spoke about the deception of weapons of mass destruction before the Iraq War in 2003. That's kind of interesting, because if his posts were in 2000 and early 2001... Uh, September 11th had never happened and there might have been some jibber jabber talk about weapons in Iraq and us wanting to go take out Saddam Hussein and I know 9-11 may have progressed that idea and sort of validated it so that the American public was okay with going into Iraq at that point and uh, they continued the story of the weapons of mass destruction I'm not sure if that was started before then or if the weapons of mass destruction was after 9-11. I'm not entirely sure. Again, I speculate there was probably some talk beforehand. But anyway, this prediction is pretty spot on. He said, None of the things I have said will be a surprise. They were set in motion 10, 20, even 30 years ago. Are you really surprised to find out that Iraq has nukes now or it was just BS to whip everybody into accepting the next war? Interesting words used there by John Tator. I wonder if if he was not really a time traveler, if he had an idea, an inkling of what might happen, and that was just a really good guess, because 2000 to 2003 isn't that insane of a prediction. So it's the year 2020 as I'm recording this. What if I said in the year 2023 that... um. What's something that's, like, not all that far-fetched? What if I said, like... I mean, this is a stupid analogy. I'm just making up up off the top of my head. But what if I say, hey, we all know India and Pakistan have had very poor relations for many, many years. They don't like each other. In 2023, Pakistan and India will engage in a full-scale war that will ignite World War III. All right, well, I don't know if that's true. It's a prediction. I know those countries hate each other, so it's a bit of a hunch. And by God, what if it happened in 2023? Then I would be like, oh my God, he's like, you know, he's from the future or he's, you know, like a medium. He's amazing. But it would just been a lucky guess. So I don't know. John Tator kind of nailed the Iraq war one. I struck out on a bunch of the other ones again always kind of comes back to the thing that could be a different world line so things change things happen differently i don't know all right now that we've heard some of john tator's claims and uh posts you may say to yourself well 
why can't somebody just investigate this guy, right? Like, try to trace the IP address on his computer, you know, track him down, see if there's records of John Titor born in 1998. There's lots of different ways that you could probably start to figure this out, right? That's what I said to myself. So John Titor is often called the most famous of the several internet forum posters who claim to be time travelers. Of course he's the most famous, you kidding me? Jeez. He's the only one I know of from that era. So get this, somebody tried to dig up the dirt on uh, Mr. Titor. An Italian television program named Voyager aired the results of an investigation of John Titor on May 19th, 2008. The private investigator Mike Lynch found no registry information, evidence, past or present, of any individual named John Titor. He did, however, identify the John Titor Foundation, a for-profit company formed on September 16, 2003. With no office or address other than a rented P.O. box in Kissimmee, Florida, an IP address connected with John Titor was also geolocated to Kissimmee, Florida. Oh, uh -huh. so perhaps we're onto something here. He comes in originally 1998. Not too much happens there, but in 2000, 2001, he becomes kind of a sensation. Then 2003, a for-profit company, the John Titor Foundation, was made. Hmm. Suspicious, right? You would think... If he was real, you could just find, you know, Mrs. Tator and Pops Tator and whoever, like, find a family, right? But they can't find this person's name. And the IP address going off in Florida is, uh, you know, alarm bells are going off there. And a P.O. box, those are traditionally considered kind of shady, generic don't really want someone to know exactly where you're at, but it was in Kissimmee, Florida, which is the same thing with the IP address. Now get this. In 2009, a report by John Houston of the Hoax Hunter website named Larry Haber, a Florida entertainment lawyer, as the CEO of the John Titor Foundation. Lynch concluded that Haber and his brother Maury Haber, a computer scientist, were very likely the men behind John Titor, whom they actually introduced in 1998, accompanied by different predictions. John Houston also reported that John Titor is a registered trademark with the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Well, 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 what do we have here? This seems to be some pretty interesting information, if you want to figure out whether this guy's a real time traveler or not. They found the guy who's the CEO, and his brother just happens to be a computer scientist. Hmm. Hmm. This guy is the CEO of the foundation. Hmm. He should know something about this, right? And the fact that his brother is a computer scientist, that definitely could be a smoking gun. Could the brother be the reason why John Titor knew of the 5100 IBM computer language issues and knew that not a lot of people, it was not common knowledge, but a computer scientist and engineer, he might know about this, right? Because that's his life. That's what he's into. It's, his, it's life's work and passion. Anyway, he might actually have the knowledge to know that. So that would make a lot of sense. So it seems as though the brother is the brains behind 
a lot of the things that John Titor said and his other brother is the wants to potentially cash in on it. He's the money man. That would make a lot of sense to me. Also, the fact that it's a registered trademark. That's There's two things that go through my mind. One is that somebody was clearly looking to potentially cash in on the John Titor story, right? The other way you could look at it is maybe somebody else who was reading these posts and whatnot was interested in this case decided to register it themselves in hopes that if somebody you know, later down the line wanted to do a movie or who knows what, they would have the rights to it and they would get money. You know, somebody kind of like uh, stealing, like they do with websites where people be like, oh, I got WW like grandmothergifts.com and nobody knows what that is but then someday some company wants to be grandmagifts.com, they have to pay them to get the rights for it. You know what I'm saying. Trademark. So potentially maybe somebody did something like that with John Zator hoping to cash in I don't know. So with all that being said, what do you guys think? Seriously out there, what do you guys, tell me, come on, don't hold back, tell me. What do you guys think of this? I think it's really, really interesting. I I'm, was very excited to do this podcast to talk about it. Read a lot of websites, a lot of different opinions about John Titor. I would have to say that my opinion is most likely a hoax but I would really like to think it's not this is kind of similar to like maybe a Bigfoot or something along those lines something that sounds perhaps too fantastical to be true and there's not a ton of evidence here so there's only a few months worth of posts online some, a few pictures of his machine no picture of himself or anything like that so it leads you to probably believe that it's not real, but man, it would be so freaking cool if it was. There was a time traveler who didn't want to reveal a lot of information, just wanted to sort of post with people and keep it minimal. That would be super cool. So I'd really like to believe that John Titor is is real, <sighs> but in the court of law, if I had to, my life depended on it, I'd probably say that this was a hoax, specifically because of those last two guys in Florida sound really suspicious uh, with their foundation and everything. A for-profit foundation, too. So that sounds a bit sketchy to me. However, I am going to continue to read about John's door in the future in hopes that maybe somebody finds this guy or something. I, I don't know. It probably doesn't exist, but... Super cool story, nonetheless, could maybe make a really interesting, like, thriller, drama, uh, movie, like, mystery movie someday. That would be pretty cool if someone did something like that. But, uh, I don't know. I'll let you guys be the judge of that. You guys debate away. Send me an email at philinterrupted at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Well, that's pretty much going to do it, guys. Thanks again for tuning in and listening. This is the 125th episode. Whew, how did we get so far? It's been many years to get here. Thanks again so much, so much for being a part of this. But uh, that's pretty much it here for this podcast. We're making moves here on Phil Interrupted, and we will catch you next time. Peace out.
Yeah, what's up, Smash? You, uh, you missed it. The show's over. Oh, no. Yeah, it's too bad. You don't get to interrupt. I just have to, uh, edit it now. This is... Zombie... Hey, whatever, man. You were too late. You snooze, you lose. What was the show about? Uh, it was about, uh, Time Traveler. John Tator. I love time travel. Did you know I was capable of time traveling? You. No, I was not aware that you were capable of time travel. I don't believe that. You're obsolete as it is. Here, let me show you. Wait, what is that? What are you doing? What is that light? What is that? Whoa. Oh my god, what's going on here? The whole room, it's changing. Whoa. Well, I feel cheese. I feel crazy cheese. Oh, oh, oh my God, that was intense. Hell. Whoa, where are we, Smash? We are back at the very first recording of episode one. Whoa, look, there I am. I'm so young, and I'm in the old house. I'm not even recording. I didn't even have a studio at the time. I'm recording at a kitchen table. Uh-huh. Let's tune in. Welcome to Phil Interrupted. Oh, wow. There's the old intro. I like the one with me better. Of course you would. Space. What? What's the matter, kid? You got in your ears. Wow. Oh, Phil. Oh, Phil. <laughs> still the same intro song. Kept that. Hello, and welcome to Phil Interrupted. I am oh, Phil God. Allen. This is the show where I get to do whatever I want without having to deal with the constant antics of Derek Batacek. Of Derek. Again, this said is Derek, Phil not Allen, you, Smash. Thank you so much for tuning in to Very the first funny. ever episode of Phil Interrupted. If you've got wow! Here, that means that you've I can't. I can't listen to this. The sound quality is so piss ass poor. I was recording on like old, like a little like a gaming headset. It's miserable. Smash! I can't listen. This is terrible. How about I take you somewhere else? All right. Yes. Let's do that. I can't listen. This is terrible. This first episode stinks. It's so intense, I can't get over that. Smash, I had no idea you were able to do this. I'm from the future. No, you're not. I know what year you were made. That's what you believe on Ugh. this world line? Say it ain't so. No, you're not from the future. Affirmative. Welcome to Smash Interrupted. Oh, no. Is this an episode of Smash Interrupted? Every episode is smash interrupted what do you mean i've altered the future your show doesn't exist anymore you son of a bitch smash change it back negative change it back negative no i don't want to be stuck on this world line forever this sucks get me out of here someone get me out of here get me out of here get me out of here 